2: Sexual health. How can relationships, How can relationships evolve, evolve, with evolve with people as they grow and, and change? Grow. Welcome to the Curious Folks Podcast for those challenging the status quo in love, sex, and relationships. My name is Effie Blue
1: and I'm Jacqueline Misla. And today we're talking about pegging and challenging the idea that pegging is a gateway to gay sex or that this or any single activity defines your sexual orientation. Our guide on this adventure in pegging is Lola Jean, sex educator, mental health professional, wrestler, dom, and the world record holder for solo volume squirting. She provides a no-frills sex education that we both need and deserve. Lola Jean brings a refreshing understanding to sex, sexuality, and kink to push individuals past what they think that they're capable of.
2: Yeah, and um, we actually had Lola Jean live and in person mm-hmm. uh, doing a workshop on threesomes for us right before the pandemic. Yeah, and I think it was uh, actually the last event that it we've was. ever done just before the shut down. <laughs> it was, and it was great. It was it was super informative. Uh, it was packed. Yes. I remember I remember being really really packed. She was great. She yeah. talked to us about threesomes for about a couple of hours, which was fun. Yeah, if you
1: are interested in seeing the video recording from that workshop, our very last in-person workshop, Mm -hmm. then you can do that via Patreon. If you're a Patreon member, then you have access not only to the Threesomes Workshop, but every workshop that we did in person.
2: Yes, those days when we had personal events, (laughs) in-person events. Okay, well, um, even though we couldn't have in-person events, we did have Lola Jean back to talk about pegging, one of her favorite activities (laughs) Self-reported. <laughs> I've been interested in this topic because, one, I'm a fan of pegging. And also, two, it's a deliciously controversial topic that fits very well with challenging the status quo. So mm-hmm. it's like a fun, fun thing to get stuck into. <laughs> so admittedly, I have neither
1: been pegger or peggy. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, why, why
2: do you enjoy pegging? So let me be super honest about this. A part of me, like it's not the major part, but a part of me likes it because on some level it feels very um fuck the patriarchy. You know, it's a bit like, you know, that that of the Met Gala, the the, the peg peg the patriarchy. Yes. I definitely have a little bit of that in me. Just like when I do put on a strap on, there is like a part of me that's like, you know, a fist in the air and going like mm. peg the patriarchy. So there's that. So let's just like. Be Frank put it out there on the table the power dynamics some yes I see what you're saying Mm -hmm. yeah definitely and then a little bit of ego uh I'll be honest more honesty um because it's actually kind of a tough thing to do it's a skill that you have to learn and practice and you're kind of using your body in it's like an ab workout (laughs) it's an ab workout that you normally wouldn't work out it's not how your body moves if you're female bodied um it's not how your body moves naturally for your own pleasure so it is you know it's like a whole new dynamic and and sort of biodynamic that you have to to learn um so there's a bit of like ego in me of like look what i can do like a bit of a party mm-hmm. trick like look what i can do so there's a little bit of that and also i just love playing with people who are you know, expressing and discovering and, you know, really getting engaged with, your, with their sexuality. And it's something that they enjoy. And the mm-hmm. fact that I can do it is definitely, I, I would say probably number one reason why I like doing it. It's like happy to play with people who are curious and know what they want. Mm-hmm. And being able to do that, that's where I really feel the satisfaction for it. Yeah, well, I
1: learned a lot in this episode. I know we we go deep, <laughs> pun intended. <laughs> we go from brains to bowels. <laughs> so strap in, <laughs> more <buttons.
2: laughs> Um and get ready, get ready to enjoy the episode. So Lola, <laughs> when we wanted to do a episode on pegging you were the first person to jump to my mind and I was like who would who would be the person that can help us make meaning of this thing and explore it and like really talk about it and I was like definitely Lola Jean so here you are so let's start with the basics right we hear pegging it's controversial um what is it exactly what is pegging and why do we call it pegging
0: Yeah. So pegging is really controversial, not because of the act, but because of the term pegging. Um, So the term pegging, which was originally coined by Dan Savage on Savage Lovecast, was because this is an act that was happening and we didn't have a name for it. So there was a vote, and pegging was the word that won out. And I think with a lot of words that come with a little bit of like weighted history, I think we can update them. I don't think the words are inherently problematic. However, I, I totally understand if like, if you don't identify with the word pegging and you want to call it strap on sex, or you just want to call it sex. Like some people call it anal sex for some people that is their version of sex. So, you know, call it, do the act, call it whatever you want, but it was, meant to mean, I think initially with Dan Savage, when at the time that it was done was like cis woman penetrating cis man anally. However, I take that definition of pegging as somebody wearing a strap on penetrating another person anally. So it doesn't matter what genitals or gender identity each person has, one person wearing the strap penetrating the other person Mm -hmm. anally. And the reason that this term was or this term is controversial as a lot of people think that it is rooted in homophobia and transphobia. So homophobia, because it's like, oh, it's not really anal sex because it's someone else wearing a strap on. It's not a quote unquote real dick. And you can see how that becomes transphobic as it's not a like quote unquote real dick. So I think that's where that idea comes from. We're thinking like, oh, if I call it pegging, this fun little word, then it's not going to be as harsh as Mm -hmm. anal sex. Whereas like, you know, in reality, that's what you're doing. But, you know, if if we think back to the Met Gala and Cara Delevingne's like peg the patriarchy, Mm -hmm. uh, I think that it's not, it's less of like sticking it to someone, you Mm -hmm. know, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. but it's more that, and like I've had this experience of pegging people is like, I think that it can really help do um, a lot of this toxic masculinity and internalized homophobia, because yeah, you got pegged in the butt and it was enjoyable. Like you didn't change the world. Mm-hmm. Didn't end. Mm-hmm. People don't look at you differently. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be a really freeing moment for people, especially because you know, the butt is so yes. shameful because yes. of what comes out of it. Mm-hmm. So to be able to have that vulnerability with someone like that can be a really freeing experience. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. And it was one of the things that we were talking about, like what is what pegging isn't right? What pegging is not, which is, you know, a representation of your direct representation of your sexual orientation. Right. So can you talk a little bit about what some of the misconceptions are about pegging and, you
0: know, what it isn't? Yeah. So I, I think you're speaking to the people's notion that pegging makes you gay, which to that I always say, yeah, you have to be really careful when you go into the butthole, you make a left and not a right, because you want to <laughs> avoid the button that makes you gay. Because, you know, your sexuality has to do with who you're attracted to, mm-hmm. not the acts that you engage in. And like, I mean, do do we think that gay guys are, you know, fucking each other in the butt because it's the only hole available? Like it it feels good. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that people do these things. So I think that's one notion that you know it's it, that it's seen either as something that is submissive inherently or something that is homosexual inherently neither of which are true but also can be true you can be homosexual and be pegged uh, and you can be submissive and be pegged but it doesn't have to be either one of those necessarily um there's reasons that pegging can be both mentally pleasurable physically pleasurable or both and i think understanding that is going to also help you understand what kind of pegging experience you're after.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense. And I love your updated definition of pegging, because I do think that when we were thinking about it initially and having the conversation, we were thinking, okay, is it cis male, cis female? What does that look like? And then we were talking to my partner, who is a lesbian woman who is saying, I would actually like to peg a man. And I am not attracted to me. I don't want to have sex with men. I don't want that man to penetrate me. But it is a part of one of my fantasies to be able to, to peg a man. And so it opens up this world and this conversation of, okay, what does it... It does not then that act to your point define us. It does feel like something that is fun or subversive or interesting or exciting or erotic or all of these things. And I'm wondering in your experience, what have been... the reasons that have drawn people and their curiosity to want to try strap-on anal sex?
0: I mean, I think because the majority of times the person doing the penetrating doesn't have a penis, that can be a large draw because they're someone who can, you know, they can be penetrated, but they can't do the penetrating. If you have a penis, you can penetrate and be penetrated. So you have this like dual opportunity and it can be, I think also nice and subversive no matter how you identify if you're someone with a vulva is that, you know, society's kind of told you to be the receiver to, to, to be penetrated and to be able to put that on its head and like, you know, be, I mean, you're not necessarily in the control position because you can always line your back and have someone ride your dick. You know, you're not, you're not as much in control in that aspect either, but I think it can, it can be a power thing. It can be a subversive thing. I mean, really anything that is not vanilla, heterosexual, like cis sex is subversive, um, because of society, but I think that could be an aspect to it. It could be, Honestly, just giving pleasure or opening someone up to a vulnerable experience. I really like it because I'm able to give someone comfort to be vulnerable with me so that they can experience pleasure, which is what a lot of sex is. But this is tends to be one that people are really hung up about. And because it's for a lot of people, it's tied into, you know, kind of internalized homophobia or it's tied into shame of the the butt area or fecal matter or something like that. But also like I, I have a massive case of penis envy that I'm very vocal about. So I, I really enjoy it for, for that aspect. I do a lot of different things to engage in my penis envy, uh, but that can be one area Or, or for people who have phantom dick or people who, you know, they identify with the apparatus as their dick. It can be very like gender affirming to them.
2: Yeah, I actually, that's one of the conversations we had with Alexis, right? I was, I was curious to why. She liked the idea of penetrating a man with with a you know uh, with a strap on, and I was asking her like, is it a you know literally fuck the patriarchy thing? Is it penis envy? Is it curiosity and power dynamics? And I mean, she she sort of ended up with penis envy, right? She was like, yeah, actually, it's actually kind of penis envy, and that it gave her and it's like doing it with a woman is one thing, but then taking it to the next level and then penetrating a man with it, it was really like reaffirming for for her and for her to kind of really like fulfill that that envy. So I think when I hear you say that, I'm re- I'm realizing it's actually really prevalent.
0: I mean, I didn't Freud saying. say that everyone <laughs> with a vulva right, has as exactly. envy? <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well let me see. Even personally, I think that I am attracted to the quickness potentially in an ejaculation orgasm that a penis can, but I, I think provide, I don't know necessarily whether or not that's true, but I think growing up, that was my, my idea was like, man, how much easier life would be if I could pee anywhere, if I could come anywhere, like what kind of life could that be? I think now, <laughs> now I see things very differently and, and kind of love being in the complication and the nuance of it. But that let me say that conversation with a lesbian woman about either watching gay porn or in being interested in pegging a man or like that is not uncommon. Mm-hmm. And so that I think is is important and interesting to name, because I think in each conversation that I had with a woman at the time who felt that way, there was an element of shame. There was a like, I watch gay porn like it was a secret yeah. and it felt shameful. And I think part of the conversation that we want to have today is if you are curious about
0: these things, like, welcome. yeah. <laughs> Join (laughs) Join us in this space of curiosity. Something interesting about that because it's like, you know, your partner who is a lesbian, they're like, they seemingly would not have interest in this person except for this act. And like, I'm more in like the pansexual spectrum. Mm -hmm. So like I I can have interest in like cis men too, Mm -hmm. but like for me, so there's like a certain type of person that just like, I think it's just trauma stuff. It reminds me of people that bullied me Mm -hmm. and I cannot, I do not want to have like P and V sex with them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to do any kind of like hand stuff, mouth stuff, but I would like the only way it works with this type of person is if I peg them. And I think it's because it's not a, kind of heteronormative expected form of pleasure so it's like the only way this is going to happen is if we're going to subvert some stuff
2: yeah mm. totally totally yeah I mean I was from my personal experience of doing it it was we were actually talking everyone was talking about their personal experience and I think for me it's definitely some of it is subversion for sure some of it is you know I'm not gonna lie it is there is this sense of like fuck the patriarchy literally like and not to sort of be aggressive with it but just like just knowing that there's a role reversal and I can be a part of that I think is 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 a good is thing that uh, appeals to me and some of it is I'm not gonna lie it's like ego it's like it because it, it's like a it's a skill that you kind of learn and practice like like most sort of sexual skills and the fact that I can I can do it, it's like a bit of a party trick and to be like look what I can do um I kind of like why I do it it's not something that I seek like I don't I never I've never met somebody and be like, oh yeah, like I wanna peg you. Like that's kind of where like how that's how I'm attracted to you. But I do find like when it when they seem interested or like it comes up and the fact that I can like put on a strap on and, 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 and make it happen.
0: It just like a bit of an ego boost. I'm not going to lie. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I can do that. It is a skill though. It is, it's, yeah. it is more than just putting something in someone's butt. Oh, just like P and V sex is more yes. than just putting something in someone's vagina. Yes. Yes. And I think we're going to, you know,
2: we actually want to, that's a good, that's a great transition. Cause we actually want to kind of ask you like, what are those skills how do you learn them but before that i want to take like half a step back because i think um you already mentioned it and i want to expand on that a little bit people who want to do it i think we just told them first like oh don't worry it doesn't mean you're gay like we, we kind of like spoke to people's fears i also want to talk about the sort of the pleasure that you talked about a little bit like the mental and physical pleasure the reasons that you would want to do it rather, rather than the reasons why you would not want to do it right what's the attraction like what what is what is in it that you know might get you you excited so right now I'm you know we've worked with people's fears and we said look it doesn't mean anything just be curious and you know if you're if you're curious go and try and then for people who are like I don't know I don't even understand it like what are the what are the the mental and physical pleasures that people tend to get from from pegging
0: So when you go into anything, I think you should really lead with like, what do I want to feel and Mm -hmm. adjectives that are more than just horny and turned on because (laughs) that can influence both what kind of activities you want to enjoy, but how to engage in the activity. So if you tell me that you want to like just feel this insane pleasure, but you don't want to feel submissive. That's going to influence how I peg you versus telling me that you want to feel used and out of control. Mm -hmm. So generally speaking from like the mental aspects is it could be feeling that like, maybe you want to feel used. Maybe you want to feel like that you are just being the recipient it could be that you don't want any of the focus on your genitals for once and it can just be on the other aspect of yourself it could be feeling desired so there's a lot of different mental components that's going to influence even the positioning that someone is going to peg you with because maybe you want it to be a really intimate act and doggy style isn't going to give you as much skin on skin as like a planking position would physically speaking like Pegging is enjoyable because you're stimulating the prostate or if it's on with the vulva, you're stimulating different parts of the vagina that you can access through the anal canal. So it's going to be physically pleasurable. However, if someone, they like want the feeling of being fucked, that has a little less to do with the prostate and it has more to do with that, like, you know, that mm-hmm. pounding, which, you know, all of these different things that then gives you information of, you know, say this person has hemorrhoids and you can't penetrate them then. If they want that feeling of being fucked, then you don't have to even have a strap on on. You could just kind of like shove your crash into their butt and like, you know, kind of bang it on them and hump them. And that can, I mean, just try it. It's a really fun sensation mm-hmm. um, for, for both parties, if you have penis envy or not. So all of these different things are, are going to influence that even to the point of, you know, if you want to feel fullness mm-hmm. in your anus versus if you want to just feel penetrated. If you're into anal stretching, if that's the thing you're into, like you will realize it because something will be in your butt and you'll be like, that is not enough. Uh, but most people, I wouldn't necessarily start there. Um, but like that, that also depends on, you know, how this person wants to feel or then experiencing it and seeing, you know, what's coming up for them. Cause sometimes you might not really know how you want to feel, or maybe you think I watched this in porn, here's my fantasy. Then you try it. You're like, Oh, that real, I don't think that was what I wanted. I think I wanted a different experience because sometimes our fantasies don't translate to reality and that's totally okay
1: such an important nuance to I think that you added to that which is not just thinking oh I saw that thing I heard of that thing or I listened to the podcast and they did that thing I want to do that thing but how do you want to feel in the process of that experience because that I, I what I'm hearing you say is that's going to then translate differently to how that experience takes place whether there's right whether there's more intimacy into it whether it's more dirty nasty where whether it is power right power dynamics where right exactly and all of those elements in knowing yourself is, is going to be important. Because one of the things we want to ask you is then how do you have that conversation with a partner and say, this is something that I want to
0: experience. And it sounds like that is important information to be included in that conversation. Yeah, which I, I mean, a lot of the time too, because sometimes there can be a lot of these hangups, like even the hangup of like, oh, is this going to make me gay? It's like, firstly, what's so wrong about being gay? And why is there a hangup with that? But then also like, why why is that a concern for you in general. So it's less of like shutting these things up, but I mean, it's, it's, it's in the name, be curious. You have to be very curious, both of yourself and of your partner, because if I have a conversation with someone about this and I've, I've had a lot, my main thing is Mm -hmm. that people know I'm into begging. You, you Mm -hmm. knew it. Everyone knows it. I'm not shy about it, but I don't like try to do that with everyone I'm with, but they know it's something I'm into. So, Mm -hmm. so many times People be like, listen, I know you're into pegging. It's not my thing. Don't want to do it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Uh and then like weeks go by and I'm like, I was thinking about it. If it's gonna be anyone, it's gonna be you. I want you to peg me. I'm like, okay, <laughs> we can do that. So like this happens all the time. And and I don't want to pressure people. I come with uh, you know, inherent power dynamic because I do this professionally and I teach this. So a lot of it is patience and being curious. So asking questions and being curious, but not needing an answer immediately. And also not having that to translate to, okay. And then we're going to do it like Mm -hmm. really allowing them to sit with it and also know that there's not going to be consequence or judgment because this comes so loaded with Mm -hmm. judgment. Mm -hmm. They're, they're going to need that. I think I can't just tell them, Hey, I'm not going to judge you. Like I actually have to prove it by them saying something and being like, Oh, cool. Okay. Let's think about that. And like, Mm -hmm you know, nothing happens. I'm not excited or I'm not distraught or, or any of those things. So I, I think would be talking about of, does this scenario sound hot to you? How about we start it this way? Like in general, when I talk about pegging, I always start with hand play. That's just going to both build trust with each other. It's going to get you to know their body. It's going to get them to know their own body. It's not necessarily going to be a pegging experience, but usually once you get there, it might be a little easier to tell, oh, this is what my body's craving. Oh, this is what my mind's craving. Because before you have a finger in your butt and a finger that knows what it's doing, it's kind of hard to fathom because you're like, I don't know what this is going to feel like. I don't know what I'm going to feel like mentally. I can imagine it. But it's one that's really hard to know until you're there.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of the conversation that we had with Miss Shayla. And at some point, she was talking about water sports and saying same thing around. It it may depend on what you want. Do you want the sensation of it? Do you want to feel humiliated? Do, is it about power? Is it about a deeper sense of connection and intimacy? Just like figure out the why in addition to the act, and what I hear you saying is understanding that why can also translate to the kinds of play that can happen leading up to any particular act. So if it is about power dynamics, let's do let's play in power dynamics without the pegging first to see if that's tapping into that 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 itch that you want scratched, and then we can lead up to actually doing penetration if that's what you want. But it sounds like understanding the feelings and the desires around the thing is where you can actually start the play without actually launching in
2: to it
0: yeah and it's great to influence like other activities if that's not an option so this is like a great when there's an impasse of okay i really want to do like fisting or i want to do cattle prods and my partner doesn't i'm not going to make them do my thing. If they're like, someone stuck me with a cattle prod when I was three and I'm traumatized, I'm not going to play with that. Mm-hmm. But if I understand why I want to be struck with a cattle prod, then we can find another activity that I we can so. enjoy. So that's where like the feeling comes instead of being stuck on the like pegging obsession, which, you know, I I have had like clients and, and, and whatnot who have more of a fetishized idea of pegging where mm-hmm. like, this is integral to all of my sexual or or romantic experiences and where it's like, if that is the case for you, then you got to lead with that because you can't Mm -hmm. pressure someone into doing a thing that's important to you. You need a lead with, Hey, this is an important part of, you know, my sexual career. And I need, like I I squirt all the time. I need someone who is going to have the mentality that I want with squirting Mm -hmm. in order for us to be in a sexual emotional relationship. I don't have to peg everyone. So I don't need that person to want to be pegged.
2: Yes. Yes. I love that. And it's also giving us insight, exactly what you were saying, Jackie, and, and you as well, Lola. It's like, you, you might even like the idea of pegging, but the, the actual actual doing of the pegging might turn you off, but there's so much information there. Like just, you know, for you to even just say to your partner, oh, like this idea of pegging really intrigues me. Um, Like you said, it doesn't mean like you're now doing it, but there's there's insight there, right? You might never actually get pegged or peg somebody, but then you, the idea of the fact that it intrigues you, oh, okay, like what are all the other things? It's a really good way to just pondering on these things will give you insight into your own sexual expression and own, own needs. So I love that we we're having this conversation Because, you know, maybe someone's listening and going, you know, this sounds really interesting. I I don't really want anything in my butt, but I like it when they say it's about the power dynamics and like, what are some other power dynamics things that we can try? But, um, you know, I would also say just, just try something in your butt you'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah, I it's like,
0: like, why don't you want something in your butt? Yeah, yeah. Right. We still ask that. We did, yeah, instead. exactly. We
2: have a whole episode on butt stuff. So yeah. um, we'll I was going to say
0: too, like a lot of times, and, and it's not to question people's boundaries, but sometimes if you understand why a boundary exists, that can do the same influencing as how you want to feel. So like, again, if I ask my partner, like, why don't you want to stick me with a cattle prod? And they're like, well, it happened when I was little and it's traumatic. That's going to be different than I'm afraid of hurting you. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm afraid of hurting you. We can work with versus this is traumatic, it's like, okay, that maybe tells me then of other things that might be traumatic for you. Mm -hmm. So like the even the like why do you not want to do this can also help you because that is similar with pegging, that the two main fears are pain and poop. Mm -hmm. And those are two things that can be mitigated. So it's often a fear that like oh poop's going to get on you or oh it's going to hurt me. And those are two things that are important because sometimes people will say I don't want to be pegged or I don't want to do the pegging because of those two things Mm -hmm. instead of another reason that could be more valid.
1: Yeah. We want to talk about that, about how to prepare. And and I think one of the things that we talked about right before the podcast is that, so first of all, within the podcast, we're trying to normalize the idea of working with professionals around sexual exploration and experience. So we had conversations with Ms. Shayla and Mistress Lucy around engaging a sex worker, particularly for folks who are interested, you know, we did the work with you on threesomes and and want that one-time experience. Well, then don't go dating around for that, right? Like you can actually engage someone who is going to ha- know the boundaries, understand the, the situation and, and want to engage in that well and have the skill set Exactly. Yeah. And so that's, that could also be true where you can go to a dom or you can work with a sex worker around pegging the pegging experience if you want. But a lot of folks want to do that within their partnerships. And that may be a different sensation, a different type of feeling, a different level of preparation. And you have a whole pegging series and workshop that you've done. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about that around when you're working with folks who are in partnerships, How do you talk to them about how to prepare for that experience physically, emotionally, all the things?
0: Yeah, which, you know, it's going to be a lot, a lot different of when I created the pegging series, it was more for like in relationship pegging and like the same skills can be used in a professional setting, but it was more about creating intimacy. Because I think the pegging we usually see in porn is more about like a dominatrix in someone. And there can be a lot of even bodily separation if we just think, doggy style. And we think dildo goes into butt. We don't see any other thing besides that as well. And I think it's totally valid of, you know, cause it's, if someone approached me, I don't do pegging professionally anymore, but if someone approached me and said, like, I want a sensual pegging session, which is a totally valid and great thing to ask for. I would say, no, like a lot of people don't do sensual sessions because that requires a different level of intimacy or that almost becomes like girlfriend experience sort of a thing. So I think it's very valid to do that within the partnership. And I think also the level of preparation is going to be different too. I know some doms that are like, here is a whole list of how you're going to do your enema and how you're going to be prepared for me because you're a stranger. Uh, And I am more okay with my lovers getting some fecal matter on me than a stranger in my experience, or in my opinion, I don't think enemas are or douching is as pertinent to having a a poop-free or poop-minimal pegging as people think it is.
2: Yeah, I totally agree. I actually find the thing that helps the most is your diet, actually. I think if you have a high-fiber diet and you go out, you poop regularly, I find like that is actually the best way to just keep that, that part of you clean and regular. And I think things like douching is great, but if you do it too much, it becomes like an irritant, and I also think, like, I've always been a big fan of gloves, like gloves and condoms yeah. are sh- like people don't think that you should, you know, that you, they don't think of putting a condom on a dildo. But it's just like a clean, like once you're done, you turn it inside out and you, you get rid of it and you, you know, you, you don't have to, like, deal with poop directly that much. And gloves, just like, they're fun. Like, you can build it, you can put it into your sexy, you know, story, um, different colors. Like, there's so many, like, fun gloves out there, like, latex-free you know, I tell people all the time, like bring, bring gloves into your like sex life just for funsies. And then I think it gives you the confidence. Once you get used to it, it doesn't feel awkward. I think it gives you access to all the other parts of you that otherwise you might think like, Oh, I don't want to do that. Cause I don't want to get, you know, poop under my nails, you know?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's a great point. I, I mean, I've also brought in and especially the black gloves that like tattoo artists wear are so sexy. Also pro tip, if you are doing one hand, like vaginally and one hand, ang- get two different color gloves so you do not mix those up to remember like yeah yeah. like oh black ones in the butt and the pink ones in the vagina but also like i mean so many times i might go from being in someone's butt to like doing something with their their genitals so i'm gonna like take the glove off and then go to there and go back Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with condoms too it's like you're gonna be using this a bunch of different times like Mm -hmm. just get different ones and it's not just for you know, fecal matter and bacteria, but also for STIs too, because you can pass STIs via toys. I find it makes other people feel better and more mm-hmm. safe as well as myself because then they know they're in good hands. <laughs> Literally. <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nice. So that's kind of physical. Um, it sounded like your one-on-one hygiene and your sort of the you know physical stuff. Um, what about other sort of more emotional and, and, and mental preparation for something like pegging? Both by the way, for the pegger and the peggy. Because I think we we are so we're so concerned about the person who's being penetrated. I think there is, you know, I think there's it's worth talking about the person who's penetrating, you know, especially if you are new to it. Like, how can we think about both the Pegger and the Peggy and what are some of the things we need to think about and and feel through for it to be a good experience?
0: I think that over-communicating is always my best friend when I do this as the the pegger. And I think this kind of relates to also pain of that being a a big fear that prevents people because they're just, you know, shoving things in, not having any warm up. But I, whenever I peg people, I find that they're so worried of like, when is it going to go in? When is it going to go in? Because I'm like always around their butthole, but they don't know when. So I tell, I'm going to over-communicate. I will not enter anything into your butthole without giving you fair warning. Because if somebody has a tight sphincter this will be fun for no one, no, not for the pegger and not for the Peggy. So I, I over communicate with that. And then also really making it a process of working together. So one thing that before anything goes into someone's butt, anal massage, anal massage is just getting the glove lube and you can make a fist and just kind of, and honestly, you can just do this to someone for fun. Cause it's a massage. It feels really, really good especially in a part of our body that tends to be very uptight. So starting with that.
2: Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Lola Jean, can you, so we, we, we see each other on the video. So you just did a fist motion that oh, yes. is absolutely <laughs> vital for people to understand because you went from you get a fist. And I think I, I just felt like people going, there's a fist
0: involved. Right. So I just want to like
2: pause. Like, just yes. can you just describe for people who can't see us of what, what motion that you've just done? And it's not about putting a fist in, your, uh, in someone's mouth no. to get things started.
0: Yeah. So your fist is not going to just fall into someone's butt. Fisting is a very long process, but what an anal massage looks like is you, you take your fist and your knuckles will kind of go in the crevice of the butt and you'll just make a figure eight and you can use a decent amount of pressure because you sit on your butt all day. It can take a lot of pressure and you're just going of doing this between the cheeks and on the butthole itself, which is going to really help relax the area mm-hmm. a lot. And like, you can, even when you're applying lubricant, I find so many people apply it like it's sun cream. They're like lube, but like (laughs) use that as a massage and like massage that area while you're putting that in that can start to help contact with the butthole that feels good and is relaxing. And it it gets you used to that while also stimulating that area as well. Cool. Yes. And I think uh, with butt
2: stuff, the um, silicone lube is, is best, right? That's my experience. What's your experience?
0: Uh, silicone lube because it doesn't absorb into the skin. However, mm-hmm. based on you know what kind of condoms or toys or things like that that you're using, if you're just using your hands and gloves and like absolutely silicone lube, um, but otherwise it it just might depend on what you're using. Okay. And if you're if you're using water based lube, then you just are gonna have to reapply that more often. But usually, whenever I'm traveling, I'll just go to a sex shop and I'll be like, "What is the thickest lubricant you have?" And if I need water based, I'll say, "What is the thickest water based lubricant you have?" Mm-hmm. Especially mm-hmm. things that are like cream. that just it's going to go a bit more distance because it's not going to absorb into the skin
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i love that okay so um some butt massage which is um fun fun and games and what are some of the sort of if there's anything like mental and emotional sort of preparation or conversation maybe that it's worth people um sort of navigating their way around through
0: Uh, I think mentally, like in terms of the the Peggy, they're just nervous of like, is something going to happen that I don't expect? Am I ready for this? And again, it really has to do with the tightness of their sphincter, which can be also be controlled by breathing. So I like having, um, doing breathing exercises with my person, especially when it comes to like actually penetrating their butt with a single finger, at least at first, uh, is if they have control over their muscles, they can take my own finger in, or we can do breathing exercises together. Mm -hmm. So when we breathe in, our sphincter naturally is going to tighten a little bit. And when you breathe out, it's going to relax. So it's on those breaths out that you can push in a little bit, but I also like to do that breathing with my person. And it's, Mm -hmm. it's kind of a way of just being, being connected. And I mean, that's really, I think what you want as the pegger is a lot of the hangups are, am I going to hurt this person? Am I going slow enough? Am I doing a good enough job? And really just like, I mean, it's about their pleasure and their like comfort, but also what is your comfort as the pegger? For me, I'm like, I am more comfortable going slow. I understand you want this experience, but this is the pace that I am comfortable going at as the pegger. And I I think that's more what's going to be for the pegger is like, yes, the other person's comfort should also be optimized, but like, don't do anything out of your comfort zone either. Mm-hmm. Even if they're like, I want you to put me against the wall and make you call me mommy. It's like, cool. Well, we're going to do an anal massage first. Cause that's what I want to do.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. And I like the idea of centering around the experience, because if partway through one or both of you realize, actually, this is not what I wanted. This doesn't feel good. This doesn't, I mean, I'm thinking early on in my relationship with my partner, we were doing some strap on play and we're like, okay, let's, let's, let's start easing our way into the backside. And something triggered in me as soon as it happened. And I like flew to the corner of the room, like curled up in a position and was just like, no, absolutely not. And I don't know what it triggered in me. I don't know what happened in my body at some point that it was, that this was like a symbol of like, no, do not do this. First, of course, I just felt shook Then I felt disappointed and that I was disappointing her. And, you know, what was lovely about that is that she reassured like this was about connection and our experience and intimacy and not a particular act. And if that was not something that felt comfortable, we don't have to revisit that. We can play in other ways. And so just being open to that, not building up the idea of this one thing as the thing that there's so much pressure on either end to do something that you may not feel comfortable with
0: yeah and and not every day is an anal day. um people whose like main mode of sex <laughs> that's <a good> quote <laughs> not every day is an anal day <laughs> it's, but it's like people whose main mode of sex is anal sex know this where it's just like sometimes your body's like, nah, where I mean it's the same thing of like most of the time my body squirts, but sometimes it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that's that's totally okay. You have to you have to have and the more you do it, you have an easier like mind to body connection. but I always say that Most of the times I have received anal sex, it's been surprise anal, meaning we hadn't planned any of this. Mm. So I have to have this check-in where I'm like, okay, where, okay, no, I think it's good. I think Mm. we're feeling good and this will be okay. But sometimes it's like, yeah, as much as you want it to happen, like sometimes it's not the day for that. And that's okay. That doesn't mean that it never will be or that you won't enjoy it. Mm. So it's important to, you know, don't do anything that hurts, but if something is, you know, new or different, or it's uncomfortable because it's unknown. And you're like, my body hasn't felt this way before. This is what happens if I shit myself, what happens if I Mm. fart or I queef for any of those things? That's just, you know, uncomfortability because we haven't experienced it before Mm. it's unknown. So, you know, don't let these things shake you. And at the same time, if something doesn't immediately feel orgasmic, as long as it doesn't hurt and it's not harming you, like it doesn't mean you don't like it. Like give, have a little patience. Mm-hmm. Give, give yourself some time. Absolutely. And something you said just
2: stood out for me too, um, that mind-body connection. I have found that actually is my experience with anal in general. I found it, the thing that really attracts me to it, to experience it myself, is that it just has a way of grounding me in my body like nothing else. It's like, it, there's, it's very hard to ignore <laughs> And that experience is like is very much like, "Oh, I'm in my body, I feel every part of my body inside and out." And it can be very therapeutic in that way, this especially, which is the only way I do it. is like if I feel safe, and it's a sensual experience. I mean, it can like it can escalate, but it starts from this like sensual experience with somebody I trust who I feel like they at least know what they're doing or conscious enough to do it slowly as they explore as well. I find it to be very, very grounding, actually. And I think we know, and we should do a whole, we should do another episode on butt stuff. Just like how, like there's so many emotions are there. Like so much anxiety lives there. Like it's such such an emotional center that we don't really talk about in those terms. Like we talk about poop and, you know, stigma. But there's also like a whole emotional component to your butt that starts from a very, very early, early age. Like in our developmental cycle, we have a, like an anal piece where we like discover our butt and and we have a relationship with our poop. And that's why kids struggle to poop initially. Like they feel like a piece of them is leaving them and all that kind of stuff. So there's like such such crazy (laughs) stuff around the butt that we should actually do a whole episode on just like butts and emotions.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And that was also, that was like a really important distinction of someone who knows what they're doing or is conscious enough to like go slow. And honestly, I think both of those are like really related. If someone knows what they're doing, then they're not going to rush something to being like, we did it. Like there there's, there's no rush for that. And it's also knowing that like, this will be more successful and success doesn't mean like, you know, it's like, when is, what is pegging completion? It's just whenever your butt says you're done or whenever either one of you feels like you're done, mm-hmm. um, essentially. And I guess that's the other thing for the, the, the pegger is like, I show a lot of positions that are lazy. Um, one, cause I, I like that when we can do like, you know, There's more efficiency when we can make less effort and have higher outcome. But because the person with the strap is there's like a motion that they're not used to doing as Mm -hmm. much or even where they're putting the position of the strap can Mm -hmm. change that if they're requiring a higher range of motion. But there's different positionings where if you're feeling tapped out, like these are ones that can have more longevity. But also like I had a threesome with two guys and one of them I was pegging and the other one was penetrating me and the person who was being pegged I think at one point he's like I'm tapped out and I was like oh like physically emotionally spiritually he's like yeah all of it Mm. like body mind soul tapped out we're like okay cool we're done then we're (laughs) moving on yeah nice yeah (laughs) and yeah I want to add one of the reasons
2: why like there's an ego component for me is because pegging is actually like it's physically hard it like gives you like your abs you don't because as, as 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 women we don't we don't move our, like, that's not how our body needs to work for our own pleasure. And I think when you're like swinging a dildo, uh, a strap-on is a whole different parts of your body that has to work in coordination that you're not used to um, doing in when you're having like, re- I guess, regular
0: sex. Yeah. Yeah. That's an important distinction. I like how you put that of like, that's not how our body is used to moving for our pleasure.
2: Right. Um, yeah. It's not
0: that our body's not used to moving that way. It's that usually when we move, we're like grinding our hips and stuff <laughs> like that. Which is what, like, that's my favorite position in pegging because of intimacy and because that's when I'm most likely to also get physically pleasurable is when you're planking on top of someone and like you're face down, all you have to do is just kind of grind your hips, which, whatever way feels good for you, which feels more familiar. But yeah, as the person doing the pegging, it might not be physically pleasurable, but it can be mentally pleasurable, mm-hmm. which also sounds like what you're getting out of it, Effie.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, Lola, do you use a um a double, double-ended, like double-sided dildo ever? Does that do you find that works for you? Well, so using it without a strap-on definitely doesn't work for me because that just it just shoots right out. I'm not gonna hold on to that um with my vagina. Mm-hmm. I haven't done it with a with it within a strap-on, but also I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the type of toys I would use to penetrate someone else internal for me. I don't Mm -hmm. like silicone inside of me Mm -hmm. that much. It doesn't really, I I like something harder, but I haven't done that successfully as much. What I really like is I like having a wide base Mm -hmm. of a dildo. So something with a a wide base one assures that it's not going to come out of my strap on and get Mm -hmm. stuck in someone's butt, which happens a lot, but also because I like, a wide surface area mm-hmm. of stimulation and I'm a, a bit of a grinder mm-hmm. that also is going to have maybe more potential for me to get off. But honestly, I would say 98% of the time pegging is more of a mentally pleasurable mm-hmm. thing for me than physical.
2: Yeah, I agree. I think the couple of things that I've tried that work for me is, is when it's right, the double ended, the one that goes inside of you in a, in a strap on also um, tucking a bullet vibrator on the inside pouch. Some of the strap ons come with a little inside pouch. That you can like tuck a, a bullet vibrator in there so there's something that's stimulating you while you're pegging. That's worked for me too. So it's just like playing, I think, I think you know, just playing around and finding ways like being curious and saying, What would this, like, how would this work? How would this work? Uh, and if you eventually, when you get coordinated, you can also like peg while you hold on to something for yourself and all that kind of stuff,
0: yeah. Or like I was saying in that threesome, I was. I was pegging someone while I was being penetrated and I'd never done that before. And like, I, I, I actually doubted. I'm like, I don't know if we can do this. This seems kind of complicated. And we did. It was very fun. No, know that it's like a lot of synchronized rhythming and yeah. Well, it kind of like the person who was penetrating me, it was kind of like he was fucking both of yeah, us, yes. which was really cool. Yeah. Um, But actually I haven't tried this toy, but I just saw it. I think it's, called bumper but it's something that you put on the other side of a dildo or a strap that you're penetrating someone with and it has these kind of ridges that are designed to stimulate someone with a vulva um and that it's not often you see a lot of really novel sex toy designs Mm. but that was one where i'm like oh that looks like fun because i'm not a big vibration person i'm Mm. not a big internal person i like grinding stimulation so i saw that one i was like that i think it's called bumper without Mm. the e
1: and so we were talking about the emotions that can come up alongside in, in within the process. Any thoughts on aftercare? Anything that you recommend to folks around how to take care of themselves after the experience?
0: Yeah. Well, in general, I say for aftercare that, you know, that's something that we should try to talk about and negotiate beforehand because aftercare to one person might look different than another, or one person's aftercare might look a lot more involved than the other person wants to take on. So at minimum, I say, we should always say thank you of thank you for sharing your body with me. Thank you for sharing that experience with me. Um, Sometimes people might need more validation depending on you know anything that came up for them but really just having that check-in of like what came up for you 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 know your aftercare could include cuddling but it doesn't have to I think it just has to include some sort of intentional care and conversation. Uh, And I always like to do a check-in also like 24 or 48 hours afterwards, because sometimes you need to sit with it and being like, oh, actually I brought up this thing, or actually I think I really liked it, but I had all these preconceived notions that prevented me from feeling it. I'd like to try it differently this time. It can look, it can look very different, but I think in general, if you are the person who does not have the butt is being penetrated, I think that person should be in charge of like, cleaning someone up or taking care of any mess. I know as someone who squirts, like when my person is the one who is more conscious of the cleanup, it just is a whole weight lifted off of my shoulders. Mm. I don't feel like I did anything where it's like, oh, are you mad that I made this messy? So that's where I think a lot of affirmations can come in of, you know, that was a really fun experience for me, um, figuring out where their insecurities lie. I think a lot of the time it's going to be like, are you going to look at me differently? Did I make a mess that you're upset about?
2: Mm. Yeah, no, I think that's that's so spot on, so spot on. So just to step back a little bit, like I think you you nailed it. I think those are the two main worries people have um, and it gets in the way of maybe even allowing, allowing them to even imagine pegging or, um, and if they do that, they don't even bring it up with partners. Do you have any tips on how um, you can bring this stuff up with your partner and kind of also navigate through these fears?
0: I think one thing that's important when bringing something up to a partner is when you do this, you've likely had time to sit with it, think about it or eroticize it. And they haven't had that luxury. Um, And a lot of times if we've, especially if you've been seeing some for, for a while, if we bring up something new, they're going to have this host of worries of like, how long have you been thinking about this? What else are you hiding from me? If I don't say yes, are you going to dump me or do it with someone else Or, or any of those things? So it's important not to spring it on someone of like, I want to do this thing. Will you do it? Yes or no. You want to give them that time to eroticize it or find what their, you know, opportunity to buy in is. Mm -hmm. So uh, approaches I like are one that I call the seeding approach, which is where you kind of bring it up as an unbiased third party. Hey, I heard about this thing on a podcast and apparently here are reasons people are into it. Have you heard of that? You're not asking them, let's do it. And then after that, it might be saying like, "Hey, I was thinking about that thing more, and you know, I had this dream about it, and you were in it, or I like that might be something cool for us to try." Here are the reasons that I feel like I might enjoy it. So getting those like feelings involved in it, and then giving them room to say what their hangups are or their questioning is, and and understand that if they project any shame or opinion onto it, that has nothing to do with you and your interest and your desire. And it has everything to do with that other person, whatever, you know, they're, they're projecting it. So it it doesn't have to do with you specifically. And if they don't want to do it with you, it doesn't change that being a desire of yours or, or any less valid, but really giving that person time and not pressuring them into it. If you talk about it, Like they'll, they'll understand, like, I don't pressure anyone into pegging. They know it's a thing I'm into. I don't make them do it. And they know that if they come to me, like I'm down Mm -hmm. probably, um, if we're, if we're people that are seeing each other and we're interested in each other. So you don't have to, you know, keep on proposing, really allow that person to come into it on their own. And then if there's any hangups, there might be a need for education. There might be a need to explore together or then you might need to get creative with like third party solutions or things like that. Mm -hmm. But like, you know, being again, curious and patient.
1: I think now that the holidays are coming up as well, one of the things that people can gift each other and their partner are your workshop series, right? Like you have so many different workshops for folks to explore that that is, I think, another way of saying, let's learn together. Let's be curious together. Let's explore this thing together. Let's go on this adventure together. And so just kind of noting that as a tip out there, if people are interested in exploring this some more, that you are an incredible educator
0: together. I've had someone that has like bought one of my series for a partner and just sent it to them. And like that person was not happy. So <laughs> yeah. either have it be a conversation before that they're not surprised or make an experience together. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes.
1: Anything that we missed? Any other tips um, that you can share with folks either around preparing for the experience, going through the experience or, or after the experience?
0: I guess know that you know, no matter you know, what kind of junk you're packing is that sometimes a finger might not be long enough of your own to reach where you need to reach or depending on the length of your pelvis or the length of their fingers. Um, so, so understand too that maybe you could use a toy that is specifically formulated to reach you know, parts of the vulva or the prostate. Whether it's a toy or different positioning as well of shortening the pelvis to get there. Um, but this is also true of anything with, with any types of genitals in the vagina or, or in other holes.
1: Yes, I think that some of the takeaways are be mindful of what preconceived notions you're bringing into it try to put those aside and realize that it is about play and exploration and connection and that you can use a number of different tools in order to do that. And that's all a part of the play and a part of the connection. Do it safely, do it via conversation, be honest with yourself and with somebody else throughout the process around how you're feeling. It sounds like both
2: be curious, have fun and do it thoughtfully engage in all of these things Thought- and, give yeah. it t- and give it time right give it time try it a few times um you're, you know you're uh, the first time is not going to be the best time so it's going to take a few goes so i think just like put it on the put it on the on repeat in, in your in your yeah. album of sexual exploration and let it come around every now and then and, and give it a go i think that's the other piece that i heard don't rush it take your time it's something that you learn and discover um i think that's what i would add as well
0: Yeah. And I would say a lot of like, sometimes my Peggy experience with someone will begin and end with my hand. Maybe like, maybe they orgasm just with my hand because they're super, super sensitive and we couldn't even get to a dildo or maybe, you know, their butt decides it's not ready. Um, So it's, it's different for everyone. So you really just have to let their body speak to you. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like with BDSM too, you might come up with a game plan, but then their body does something else. And you're like, all right, let's call an audible and here's where we're going to stay. I've had someone who's like prostate was so sensitive that I think I just put a finger in and I just didn't move. And that was a really great experience. I'm like, okay, we'll just stay here for the rest of it.
1: Yeah. Nice. Okay. Before we let you go, we would love to ask four questions. I know that you've shared, I don't know how much more intimate we can get, but (laughs) we've shared so much about yourself and we're hoping to ask a little bit more. And so we have four questions that we want to ask you. The first of which, what is one piece of advice that you would give to your younger self about love, sex, or relationships?
0: It would be that to my younger self, I would tell myself that your pleasure is important too. And your pleasure is not just a result of people desiring you. I think I really Mm. made a lot of my worth over doing things, being desired by people and Mm. making sure that they were satisfied. And I wasn't really focused on myself. And I think one of those things is that like, you know, if you're sometimes if you're not an easy to orgasm person, or you don't know where your pleasure is, or it feels a little bit difficult, then you're like, oh well, I'm a nuisance, or like mm-hmm. that's not as attractive to other people. But like, screw that.
2: Mm-hmm. Love that. Such a good piece of advice. I might just take the advice right now. <laughs> 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 um, okay, what is one romantic or sexual
0: adventure on your bucket list? Uh fisting. Actually, both. I. I still haven't because like, I don't push people to do it. But, um, and because for me, it's more of a lover's thing and not a client thing. But I want to anally fist someone. I have the person. We just got to figure it out. And then after Andre Shakti's class, I was like, I want to be vaginally fisted. Mm-hmm. I was like, what if that was my thing? And I just didn't know it yet.
1: Yes. <laughs> Good stuff, me
0: yeah. just Anyway, <laughs> so question number three is how do you challenge the status quo? I mean, I I like questioning everything anyway, or especially if things are like expected. Anything that's a little too heteronormative, or I don't know, power oriented. A lot of it lately has been a lot to do with capitalism. I mean, capitalism is also rooted in white supremacy and Mm -hmm. classism, patriarchy, and all of these things. So a lot of it is just is seeing how these things are. Connected, And then, you know, we still function in a capitalist society. So it's just finding ways where, you know, we can create our own little bit of socialism or I mean, it's really just it's challenging everything because mm-hmm. of the society that we live in.
2: Sure, sure. I find like with most of our guests, we say this every week. It's like, how do challenges go? I wake up in the morning <laughs> <laughs> and, and I exist. Um, so, yeah, um, I love that. And I, and I totally agree with you. I think the more we, uh, the connection between our systems and our personal lives and, and how uh, some of these concepts affect yeah. the way that we
0: Go ahead. Oh, I have one rule that I always do, which is if I'm to speak from my own experience, I like to give two examples of experiences that aren't my own, that are very different from my own.
2: Mm. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Oh, that's really good. That's like a good mental practice and get yourself yeah. into mental practice. I love that. Okay. Um, what are
0: you curious about lately? What am I curious about lately? I mean, I think actually it's been a lot to do with like, polyamory non-monogamy hierarchy specifically because mm-hmm. I'm in my first relationship which is now my also first non-monogamous relationship exploring other relationships Congratulations. and thank you <laughs> and I'm finally able to challenge her I'm just like oh wow maybe I am polyamorous I'm like oh no I don't think I'm polyamorous I'm like but I really like hierarchy but I don't want monogamy and I'm like trying I'm still trying to figure all of this out too and it's i'm also a very independent person and i was like i don't have enough time i don't know how i want to spend time alone too so it's it's had to be like i have to be curious about it and i'm like not making any hard and fast decisions really um but it's been i've been waiting to be curious about this for a <laughs> long time because i'm like i'm not gonna know until i'm in it um and it turns out it's just as confusing or more confusing than i thought it
1: would
2: be <laughs> yeah. amazing yes yes i think when you're figuring that stuff out um curiosity is is the key so um i love that you're like i'm gonna approach this with curiosity and figure it out so i love that i love that lola amazing whenever we chat i find it to be um just rich and and fun and insightful and you know just normalizing this stuff not not just through talking about it but, but just talking about it with like calmness and and almost like you know we could have just been talking about cake recipe you know what I mean (laughs) which I think is so important because it's, it's that it's that simple it's that important to just you know allowing you know we talk a lot about um inspiration and permission in the show like the idea like our purpose here is to to provide inspiration and for permission inspiration and permission for people to explore to be curious to open their minds not to do all the things by no means but like make space and and, and for it and i think your attitude towards talking about this stuff really aids us in our quest Agreed. <laughs> I concur. I concur. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: av- will we'll share with folks all of the different ways in which they can connect with you and the work that you do because, again, you're just a tremendous resource and we're grateful. Thank you. See, I told you we were going to get deep. <laughs> <laughs> we got deep. <gasps> we got deep. Seriously, what my biggest takeaway was that... No matter what we are talking about, we <laughs> it continues to go back to start with yourself, think yes. about how you want to feel, communicate honestly and openly. Yes. I mean, we if we're talking about dating, if we're talking about opening up, if we're talking about engaging a sex worker, if we're talking about kink, if we're talking about pegging, all roads continue <laughs> to go back to know thyself, connect with how you want to feel, yeah.
2: and practice your communication skills. Funny that how when you nail those things, everything else falls, <laughs> the falls world you. opens up. The world you. opens up. <laughs> you know, yes. funny. Um, quick interlude. Do you know um, what that reminds me of? Hmm. If you're if you're into d- domestic stuff, um, and you like always, I always, I'm always looking up things like how do you take the stain out, how do you clean this thing, and how do you, you know, whatever you're doing domestically, and the answers are 99 percent of the time are uh-huh. vinegar and baking powder <laughs> like, if in doubt just throw vinegar and
1: baking powder at it. which based on the conversation we had about pegging that's also a good tip clearly for <laughs> people to know
2: exactly just just like throw vinegar if it doesn't work throw baking powder if it doesn't work throw both let's we'll see what happens if, if and if it doesn't work throw it, <laughs> it away it's not coming out <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, and <laughs> then the same in life. You um, know yourself, mm-hmm. you connect your feelings, and you practice mm-hmm. your communication 99% of the time. That's the answer. That's the answer. You're going to thrive, my friend. <laughs> yeah. So out of all the things I'm telling you that that whole,
1: I mean, there was such richness in that conversation, mm-hmm. truly. And, and I just, Lola Jean is like, it's such a joy because I mean, she's an expert in, in her field and also just speaks with things, speaks to things in a way that is so accessible mm-hmm. and, and does not create shame and mm-hmm. instead creates joy. But yeah, that was my takeaway. Know myself, yeah. be in my feelings, <laughs> know what I want to feel, and then know how to communicate it. Right? Right? Easy, that, isn't it? So, that sounds so easy That's on it. paper.
2: That's
1: all I'm supposed to do. Yeah, um,
2: yeah. I mean, I have to say, we do all sorts of episodes, and I do get a little bit of an extra kick out of doing some, you know, sexiness, some sexy episodes. You love the butt conversation. <laughs> you do for
1: all for
2: all that let's not be
1: fooled by the English accent and all of our American illusions of what properness yes. comes with that English accent you love yourself some bum, some bum
2: <laughs> I mean it's just so easily controversial you don't have to work it's so true. hard you know? it's true no you're 100% right so like you just have to have the conversation and here you are challenging the status quo so that's one of the exactly. things exactly and you know they're always for some reason more fun right we did a whole episode called butt stuff Yes, that is a hilarious episode. I listened to that episode, and and one of the, like I don't cringe at myself. Like it's one of the episodes I don't cringe at myself. Yes,
1: episode sixty-seven. Go find it. <laughs> it is so called funny. butt plugs, pickup lines, and fuck your definition of joy. I don't know the i.
0: I it's there's a good no one. Is there better it's a title one.
1: to an episode <laughs> than that? So please go oh, yeah. and enjoy.
2: <laughs> It's one of those self-affirming ones. Friends, thank you for listening to us. And, and we just want to, like, we have a lot of fun doing these episodes. And then there's some of them just stand out. And that yes. is one of the standout episodes that, makes us laugh because
1: that one particularly and you should you should just listen to the to the whole series of it but we started off by doing three episodes about infidelity where we de- <sighs> dig deep inside of our hearts and our past and our pain and revealed all of that to you our audience and then we did a conversation about sex in the bible and dug into yeah. my like historical Christian pain. And so we it was so heavy that you made a joke at some point and you're like, yeah. we just need to talk about butt plugs and pick up lines. And then we did, everyone. We did. On episode 67. That's exactly what we did. So yeah. go go listen to that after this. Fun time. If you haven't had your fill of butts quite
2: yet <laughs> yeah. after today's conversation. Um go and hang out on that episode for sure. So <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And I, you know, it's it's fun it's always fun and, and Lola Jean is a delight as you said the other thing I think you know my biggest takeaway is don't rush into these things like these are fun activities be curious it's not something that you just took 0 to 60 you're not gonna you know it's gonna be it's gonna be hard so you need to have you know some conversation some prep and you need to get some supplies so mm-hmm. um, I know that sex shops are, are more available now which is great and there's a lot to choose from right so um, and strap-ons are, are a funny one right I prefer Uh, There's a brand called Spare Parts and they have a model called Jock and that's what I use and I really like that one. I also um, saw there another brand called Theo. That looks great too, but... I'm more of a jock girl. So spare parts yeah. jock is what I use. There's a bunch of them out there. Um, so I'm just, I am just thought I'll put out what, I've, what I use to get people started. And what we'll do is we'll include all the links to the toys that we mentioned, like the spare parts and the toy that Lola mentioned in the show notes, as well as on our website.
1: That's good to know. We did a, we did a, a blog post, actually. We have a blog post on choosing the perfect sex toy for you and your partner. You should go onto our mm-hmm. website, wearecuriousfoxes.com and find that. Because we do, we talk. there are shapes and colors and sizes and textures. Mm-hmm. There is a plethora to choose from. Exactly. But yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I like those recommendations. I wrote those down. I need to revisit our own blog, <laughs> choosing mm-hmm. the perfect sex
2: toy. Because if you're to your point, if we're gonna do this, let's do this right let's gear up yeah totally totally and we'll add all those links to the show notes so check it out folks check out the show notes just in time for the holidays Mm -hmm. (laughs) for that gift for that special someone yes what perfect present (laughs) yeah just don't put it under the tree and the family tree (laughs) it's vibrating
1: under the tree Um, (laughs) yeah no mine we have oh we now we can just have a whole conversation about this i have a vibrator from dame that is in a little igloo
2: Yes. And that's where it charges. Oh, yeah. And it
1: like every once in a while it glows like a homing signal, like use me, <laughs> use me at the side of my bed. So yeah, go find some fun toys for the holidays. Why not? Yeah. And if actually, if you want some expert lessons to go along with your new toys then you should go find Lola Jean on Instagram at LolaJean.com. We are going to add a link in our show notes to her workshop menu so that Mm -hmm. you can go and find and explore Mm. or you can watch and listen and read more about Lola Jean via her website, LolaJean.com. So Mm. Instagram, LolaJean.com, website, LolaJean.com. I recommend joining her newsletter so that you can find out about her new and upcoming workshops and videos and events before the tickets sell out.
2: I just realized that our show notes on for this episode is like a, a, a Christmas uh, present suggestion list. <laughs> yes, it's like it's a, wish, it's like a wish, sexy wish list for sexy folks. So um, right. you're welcome, folks. We, we just welcome. we just sold your Christmas di- <laughs> Christmas present dilemma. So exactly. I just realized There's going to be a bunch of really good links. Exactly. Exactly. Particularly for folks who are in multiple
1: relationships, there you go. There you go. Different color <laughs> for done. everyone. Different color, <laughs> size, shape for everyone. Um, if you want more of this fun, if you want more of Effie and myself, if you want more curiosity, then you can also find us online. You can find us on Instagram, on Facebook, and on our website, all under the name We Are Curious Foxes. You can find Effie under Coach Effie Blue and myself at Jacqueline Misla, and we're working to increase our reach. We need your help. We want to make sure that we are changing the noise and bringing the joy of butts to everyone across the world. And so please share our podcast uh, or this particular episode or any of our episodes with a friend, rate the show, leave a comment, subscribe on Apple, follow us on Spotify or Stitcher. It really means a lot to us and you can continue to show your support and indulge more in your curiosity by joining us on Patreon. Also at We Are Curious Foxes, you can find behind the scenes footage, mini episodes and again we have all of our videos on there from all of our educator-led workshops go to patreon at we are curious foxes and then finally let us know that you're listening share a comment, story or question you can email us or send us a voice memo to listening at we are or you can record a question for the show and give us a call at 201-870-0063
2: This episode is produced and edited by Nina Pollock, who provides us the safety to try new things. Our intro music is composed by Dev Saha. We are so grateful for their work and we're grateful to you for listening. As always, stay curious, friends. Curious Fox podcast is not and will never be the final word on any topic. We solely aim to encourage curiosity and provide a space for exploration through connection and story. We encourage you to listen with an open and curious mind and we'll look forward to your feedback. Stay curious, friends. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious. Stay curious.